You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros Who Think Network. We hope you enjoy. Time podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today we are previewing LSU versus Northwestern State as Northwestern State is coming into Tiger Stadium after LSU dominates uh, their, their first two games on the offensive side. We had a little uh, things on that defensive side against Texas that Josh and I talked about in our recap, so if you haven't checked that out yet, go ahead and check that out after y'all listen to this episode. But before we get into it, we'd like to welcome our guest, as always, Josh Lemoyne. Y'all can follow him on Twitter at LSU Ball Truth. Is joining us tonight. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, just it was an exciting win last week at Texas. Uh, it seems like that win is still hanging on. Some of the Texas media and fans just can't let it go. But you know, it's overall it's been fun. It's kind of weird, you know, the the Texas fans and Tom Herman's wife, one yeah. of them. It is yeah. still chipping back, and it's, you know, I don't think Coach O lied about the air conditioner. You know, I don't think Justin Vincent lied about the AC. We saw where our band was. We saw where they put our, our, our fans, you know. It's something that LSU, I've never seen them do to somebody. I've never seen the ba- an, an opposing team's band up in the, you know, nosebleeds at Tiger Stadium. Yeah, I'll tell you something today uh, I thought was odd for me. Because I had somebody reach out and say, hey, how, how should I respond to Coach Herman's wife? I'm like, respond to who? What? <laughs> and I didn't really know what was going on. But um, she responded to a few, you know, I would say LSU fans that you would probably know yourself. Um, and they're asking me, how should I respond to her? You know, and so I had to give some advice, you know, to handle it professionally. But, yeah, I mean, it's been, it was kind of a crazy game. It's still lingering. Yeah, there's still a lot of noise going on about that game. But it was an exciting game as LSU handled yep. business on the road. Uh, you know, LSU right now, I think, has the best resume out of anyone in college football. You know, you can make an argument that they should be ranked number one because they do have that top 10 win over uh, UT at UT, too, which makes that, you know, an even more daunting task. But LSU gets set to face Northwestern State at home as um looks like there are going to be a few Tigers that aren't going to be playing in, t- in this uh, weekend's matchup. Yeah, um, I noticed today, Charles, that uh, Coach O had mentioned that uh, looks like Rashard Lawrence um, isn't going to play. Also, Clevion Chase on, it sounded like he wasn't going to play as well. Um, so it looks like Coach O is going to take this week as an opportunity to to get some guys some rest. You know, it, it is a, it is important. It's the next game. But, you know, you know, we don't live in a fantasy land, Charles. We, we know who the opponent is, but – I think Coach O is doing the right thing here and trying to get some of these guys rest for some some of the the larger games coming up. Also, Glenn Logan and uh, Rashard Lawrence aren't playing. They were already ruled out. So some of those younger guys in that defensive front are going to get their chance this weekend Mm -hmm. as you want to get some of these younger guys. Uh, A guy like Marcel Brooks, who's just started getting some playing time, right, because he had that – he had to get qualified or, you know, get the grades right. Hey, I'm, this should be a game that we should see a lot of Marcel Brooks in. Yeah, I imagine we will. I mean, you've seen a flash of him in the Texas game, his speed and the ability he does have, Charles. It's impressive. He was a five-star out of Texas. I mean, if you remember, Charles, it was highlight reels of him. It seemed like every every week after a high, um, after his high school game. So it would be exciting to watch, watch him get some uh, playing time. 
Charles Cocho also said that uh, Damone Clark's going to see some time on the edge um, in place of Chase on. So I'm excited to see Clark coming off the edge, man. So that should be uh, that should be fun to fun to watch. Yeah, should see a lot of guys, especially those young guys, get some playing time. Uh, you know, even guys that have gotten playing time that are young. I'm looking forward to seeing them play more. Maybe a guy like Derek Stingley gets an opportunity to run a couple more kicks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that, you know, on that college level, even though you're playing a team uh, of, in terms of talent, you know, lesser talent than what you have, you still have the ability to uh, see the field in terms of blocking and following your blockers in a game like this. Because I, I do believe that he's going to get multiple opportunities to return a punt. No, Charles, I think you're, you're right on for this, okay? This is where it's important. We've talked about this before, too, is that some of these young guys, these freshmen, they're all world five-star recruits. But you, live game reps, you just it, – it's, you know, it's worth so much, even though it's a, a lesser opponent, like you said, for a Stingley, you know, for a Brooks. For these guys to get some live reps, you know, to actually hit somebody, you know, out with the same jersey on, it's, it, you know, that's going to pay off in, in week 10, 11, when they actually have to make a play against – you know, in Auburn or in Alabama. So I'm a big fan of these games. Not everybody is, but if you keep up with recruiting like we do, Charles, it's fun to kind of see some of those guys hit the field for the first time. Well, it should be an exciting one in Tiger Stadium as the Tigers do come back to face Northwestern State. Josh, looking at this Northwestern State, uh, they're 0-2. There's not too much good to say in terms of what they've done so far this season. What, what have you seen from this Northwestern State team in terms of what you've uh, done looking into them for this week's matchup. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm gonna keep it pretty straightforward here. Um, I've watched some film on them. They uh, they like to spread the ball out. Um, last week they threw the ball 42 times, had 28 completions, uh, but roughly about 180 yards passing. So uh, uh, so it's it, it's a team that they they they're gonna try to spread LSU out, almost kind of like what LSU does. They have that same type of concept um, where they like to do like to run the spread. They just they just don't have the athletes. Um, quite the athletes that LSU does on the outside. But um, that's what you can expect. You can expect these guys to spread LSU out. And, you know, like we just mentioned, some of these young uh, cornerbacks and safeties, um, guys like Todd Harris that look like maybe he can use some more reps, uh, Cordell Flott, uh, Stingley. I think this is going to be great, Charles, for, the, for those young guys in the secondary, linebackers. They're going to have to cover. You know, they, 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 these guys are going to spread LSU out and try to throw it all over the yard. Well, and look, that's something that I think LSU does need to work on from that UT game is coverage. You yep. know, um, these younger guys, you've got a lot of freshman cornerbacks that are backing up, you know, Christian Fulton and Derek Stingling. You, you know, you're one injury away from being very concerned. Now, I saw a lot of people getting on flot for giving up that reception, but you know, I, I think he was going against a good receiver, and, and it was an underthrown ball. And, and I mean, the receiver six six. You know, yeah. I don't think Flot was playing against six six wideouts in high school. Uh, <laughs> so I think I think he's going to be okay. These these are talented freshmen, um, but they will get a good opportunity this weekend. Like that defensive front that we said. You know, I, it's this is really one of those games where between this and the Utah State game that you're going to see these young guys get their opportunities because of that new redshirt uh, rule where you can play in four games um, and, and still save a redshirt for the season. And, and you right. know, LSU can go forward and decide who they want to redshirt or not. And, and just, Josh, talk about the importance of that redshirt rule and allowing some of these younger guys to get meaningful snaps in in-game situations. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Charles, we've talked about this, but it's it's going to be such a good opportunity 
Um, we're going to find out. Uh, Coach Owen had said this as well. You're going to find out a lot about who's who, you know, and who who can actually handle the pressure against an Alabama, you know, against an Auburn. Um, that's what he's going to be looking for in, in, in this game. And you know, we should we should be able to tell, even though they're a true freshman or maybe the first time hitting the field for LSU, you know, they just, they'll have that, that swagger about him that says, okay, this guy looks like he can handle the pressure. If I need him in a crunch time against Alabama, maybe we have an injury going on. That's why, that's why these games are important. That's how I think Coach O and the staff is looking at it. Uh, John Emery, right? All-world running back. Everybody was excited in the first game. You know, broke somebody's ankles there with a, a tremendous move. We've heard a little bit about the, about the ball control and some, you know, can he, can he hang on to the ball? So this would be a good opportunity for him, Charles, to see, you know, if, if he can continue to hang on to the ball, make some plays against a, a school like this. And now, now he gives Coach O some more confidence in, a, you know, in, a, in the coming weeks to actually put him on the field. Well, you expect to see a guy like Miles Brennan pros- mm-hmm. uh, possibly in like the start of the second half, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean o, o said it today, you expect Miles to take most of the snaps after Joe Burrow, you know, obviously he said Joe would go 60 minutes if he had to. Look, he's going to, you know, he's he has to say what he has to say. But to me, if if Joe's still in there in the third quarter, that's, you know, something went something went terribly wrong, you know. But I, I'm going to keep an eye on, on Miles here, Charles. You know, I just thought his playing time he got in the first weekend, George Southern, it was okay. He, air, he airballed a few, you know, a few on each receiver. So, if Miles gets in, I'm be paying close attention and how he looks. He should be able to throw the ball on on this uh, program. Well, Josh LSU is able to hang 471 yards mm-hmm. on the arm of Joe Burrow. Burrow has climbed to the number one Heisman quarterback or Heisman front runner right mm-hmm. now in the country in the betting odds, uh, and he is just shot up. And, and I see that he's the top of a lot of people's uh, Heisman watch. I saw that you posted PFF. Yeah, they had him number one. Man, this is one of those games where I think Burrow can continue to put up some godly stats. Look, I said this to a, a couple guys yesterday, Charles, that unfortunately Hydeson's become one of those, like you said, you, you kind of need the stats. Jalen Hurts is at Oklahoma. Um, you know the competition and some of the defenses he'll be going against for the rest of the and, year. And he, so, has, he has to put up 50 yes. for them to win because their defense is atrocious. It is. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, I've watched some film on them today, just a minute. Um, it, it's not great. So this will be one where I think Joe maybe can can get some stats there that, you know, as we get into SEC play and I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying Joe won't be out there throwing five touchdowns, 450 yards. But when you get into SEC play, as you know, some of those numbers tend to tend to come down. You get that 210 yards pass and two touchdowns and an interception type games in there so uh, this will be a good game for joe to see if he can pad some of them stats yeah I, I expect burrow to continue to you know have a lot of passing I, you know i wouldn't be surprised if he was out after like a quarter and a half yeah i mean you saw what lsu did uh in their first matchup um against georgia southern this is a lesser opponent i mean you look at you know their first two games uh they played tennessee martin uh tennessee martin's uh, starting quarterback didn't throw it a bunch, but they had a running back that ran for 149, right. and they allowed uh, 42 points. And then you look at that Miss Midwestern State matchup, and Midwestern State's quarterback threw for 323 yards and yeah. for three touchdowns. So you know you you expect Burrow to to be able to put up some good stats in this. And look, you know this isn't a, one of those games where you sit there and you have to break down a lot. Um, I, I don't. I don't think that this is a game that LSU is going to take lightly, Josh. Do you see this 
potentially being somewhat of a trap game? No, I don't. You know, this is nothing. This is not a shot against Northwestern State in that program by any means. This is where Coach O is from. He has a lot of respect for the program, Charles. But I, I don't – it's it's not a Troy game. You know, um, LSU's talent level is just – you know, it's at a, a much higher level than, than these, these guys are right now. Um, I, ju- I just don't see it as a trap game. I think if LSU needed to, they can go out and hand the ball off 40 times if, if they needed to to win this game, you know, if you hurt a quarterback or something. But, no, I don't see it as a trap game. Yeah, the, the next four weeks, you know, LSU plays Northwestern State, Vanderbilt, and then Utah State and a bye. They've got that in their next four before they have the Florida Gators coming in. It's about getting this offense to yep. continue on the roll that it's on. It's about getting the defense ready for SEC play. And most importantly, it's about getting healthy, as you've seen some of these early season injuries to that defensive front, uh, especially really your three starters, um, other than your nose tackle. Um, that you don't want to see those injuries linger on in the season. So, Josh, just in your opinion, I mean, if Chase Hawk can go, but it's kind of like a maybe, maybe not, would you rather him just sit this one out? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the smart thing to do right here uh, is, you know, we're going to need him down the stretch, even against a Vanderbilt. You know, uh, I know they haven't started out great, but as you get into conference play, I think Chase Hawk is going to be an important key you know, for LSU to actually win the conference and maybe get into the playoffs. So um, this is, O's, you know, O's managing this properly. And in, in my opinion, you know, some people were all nervous today. Charles reaching out to me, oh, why we're sitting so many people. But O's got to manage this whole season. You know, these games again against SEC components, uh, opponents, you, you, you know how tough they are. You know, these guys are going to get a lot of injuries and bruises and nicks. So, um, I, in my opinion, O's playing is right. Well, I, I do agree with you there. You know, I, I think you hold out anybody you need to until Florida. <laughs> if that's what right. it takes, you know, you do. Right. It because, you know, the, the way LSU has set themselves up now, they're in the conversation for the college football playoff the rest of the season. Right. If they take care of business, you know, and, and they set their, their sights on, you know, every week to week, they need to get the job done and they get through SEC play up into that game in November that we all know is coming, that, Josh, I'll be frank, you know, they've been talking about it all across national media, and, you know, this is the year, you know, because they have an offense. I I don't care about Alabama right now. I I think that's part of the problem, and I think it's more of the fan base and and more of the media that's pushing it because I think the team knows that game is out there, but you still have to take care of business against a team Mm -hmm. like Florida, a team like Auburn. You've got multiple contests that you're going to be facing talented defenses, talented offenses, and yep. you're going to have to come and play your best game, even though those games are at home, to get to that Alabama game undefeated. So I, I think that that's what it has to be is a, a week-to-week thing. The, the, you know, the whole idea of block out the noise is true. They actually need to do that because the noise around LSU, Josh, they've been everywhere. And, and from the looks of it, John Brady is going to be the first coach getting picked as a uh, NFL head coach after this week. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's yeah, it is the hype train has started. You know, I would say this that I think you know what helps uh, Charles is the fact that we do have a new offense, and it's still only been two weeks. I know everybody's praising them, but I think we're not thinking about Alabama this year because this truly is a new offense, and these guys need the reps. So. You know, uh, Coach O had mentioned something this week that Joe said Joe was, had a little injury and he said, hey, won't you sit, sit out this practice? And uh, Joe said, no, Coach, I, want, I need to get in there. I need to practice. I need to get these reps in. So the fact that we have a new offense and this is kind of a new concept at LSU, 
I think they are focusing on each, you know, one week at a time, just, you know, take this offense to, to the next level. With that being said, they also got to manage the defense. I think, you know, they coach Owen mentioned that you got to manage, you know, these guys, how much they're going to play and the rotation, the conditioning. So it's almost like a whole new concept going on right now. So I honestly believe that Alabama is the last thing on their mind right now. They're taking it week to week. Well, Josh, I want to get your opinion on this before we, you know, kind of just go over what we want to watch or what we're watching for in this game. But Josh, this may be the worst college football week in terms of matchups <laughs> that I can remember ever. Um, you know, I, I haven't been covering college football as long as a lot of people that are in the media, but I've been paying attention to college football since I was a young age. Right. So, Josh, I, I can't ever remember uh, a week where Iowa and Iowa State or Clemson and uh, Syracuse are, are your best games. and No ranked matchups at all. And it's like, you know, this would probably be one of those weeks if North if North Dakota State still had their coaching staff up there, that game day would probably be going up there rather than going to Iowa this week. Yeah, I think, uh, Charles, I think that's why the uh, you seen Coach Saban uh, last week after they, they, you know, put 60 or 70 on New Mexico State. I think that's why you know, we hear these talks start to heat up a little more now is that it's starting to become – it went so far left that – now you got programs that are just scoring 60 and 70 and 80 points on some of these smaller schools. It's just not a good week. The, the one game I, I like to say I want to see Alabama's playing South Carolina. You know, Alabama's obviously favored to win that game. I just kind of want to see. I can get a, a pretty good idea of what Alabama's got. South Carolina does have some good talent on that team. So you can kind of get an idea of how real Alabama is this year. Um, but other than that, like you said, it's, it's, you know, Ohio State, Indiana. Sometimes Indiana can put up a decent fight, you know. Sometimes they can't. So, yeah, it seems like we have more and more of these weeks as we go on. I guess that's what I'm getting at, Charles, is that as the years go on, we have seem like, we, you know, you might have one week. Like, it seems like we'll have two or three of these weeks in college football where it's just like, man, come on, you know. So, And, and look, I understand how important it is for programs in Louisiana. You know, LSU played Southeastern last year. They're playing Northwestern right. this year. Yes, they get these big checks from LSU. And it goes to their program, and they can build things. They can upgrade facilities, et cetera. But, you know, this conversation that's been going around, and it's revamped a lot this week, that, you know, there should be eight conference games and then two Power Five games where mm -hmm. maybe you do a home-and-home. And, home. and look, with this Texas LSU series, I mean, the banter going back between fan bases is great. I, I, Josh, I can't wait for the game next year. I want to see more of that, you know, you yep. know, forget the non-conference or, you know, um, the, the, the sites games, you know, where you're going to Dallas, you know, or yeah. you're going to Houston or, or one of those, you know, I, I want to see a home and home game where yes, you know, you'll make the money as a university. Cause at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is these presidents want to make money yep. and, and these coaches don't want to lose games cause they're making so much money. So, why would I want to schedule, you know, a Clemson, uh, an Oklahoma the next year, and then, you know, Ohio State, you know, two years down the road after that? You know, that could just mean three losses for my program. Right. And then, you know, they come here in, in three more losses. But right. I, I think it's good for college football. And not only that does it help with college football, Josh, I look at a team at, like Clemson who faced a ranked opponent last week they don't face another ranked opponent for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, that's man. That's yeah. It's I don't know. That's <laughs> so. I so you know, a Clemson team that look. Yes, could they struggle against Syracuse? Maybe. You know, Syracuse was embarrassed last weekend uh, mm. by Maryland. So right. I, I don't expect a lot from Syracuse against Clemson this week, even though it is in the Carrier Dome. But you know, I would like to have a better understanding of how good that Clemson team is, and I feel like you could get that if you knew what they were against more power five schools at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're spot on Charles. I think if you, if you talk to most college football fans, you know, that, that usually comes up is, man, we have so many weeks of these, uh, of the big teams playing smaller schools and not playing ranked opponents. A good friend of mine is a Clemson fan. And he, and he even mentioned it to me this week. He's like, man, I'll schedule this week. You know what I mean? He's like, and it's somebody like he pays for tickets and, you know, he pays for the parking and the food. And like he said, he's, He's like, look, man, I would like a, a Clemson to play in LSU, a Clemson to play, you know, whoever that is, a Notre Dame. And, you know, he said just because it's more exciting, you know, it's worth the money that you got to fork out to go there and, and pay for parking and food and everything. So, look, I mean, most fans would agree, Charles, that they're kind of they're kind of over the, the small school concept. And, you know, Nick Saban stand up on, on there on the podium and says, hey, you know, we'll we'll play anybody. Look. You know, I'm gonna say it right here. That's that's a flat out lie. You know what I mean? Troy will come play you. You know they even said it. So, you know, it, yeah, it, it's a lot to do with money. It's it, it's a lot to do with money, and I get that. You know, I'm a big boy. I get there's it's it has a lot to do with money. So, but um, no, don't don't tell me that. You know, find somebody that that wants to play you. Believe me, I know a lot of people in these programs. A lot of programs. I would love to play Alabama. Yeah, and, and I mean, you just look at the atmosphere in Austin last weekend. You mm-hmm. see all the fans that were there. The economic impact was there. Uh, I think the atmosphere was there. And, look, they had game day there for the first time since I think it was 2009 or something like that, maybe 2006. It's been a long long time since game day has been there. And that's what these home-and-homes allow. So, look, Josh, I'm a big advocate for it. You know, get these Power Five conferences to have a uniform number uh, Mm -hmm. of teams. You know, there's some talented teams that aren't in Power Five conferences that I think would love to be. And a power five, maybe a team like even UCF could join the ACC or something like that. I think there are multiple opportunities. But, you know, these these rental wins, these pay for win <laughs> games, look, uh, it, yeah. it helps the other program out more than it helps LSU. Because, look, on Saturday, I wouldn't be surprised if there were only 80,000 fans at the game on Saturday. Right. Yeah, it, that's go ahead. It's just a bad look, you know, at the end of the day. No, it is. I mean, it's and that's probably going to be the case. Um, I'm glad that there's a lot of hype around the program right now. So hopefully that, you know, that pulls a little bit more fans in. Uh, it seems like that's the case talking to a few people. But, yeah, Charles, uh, I think it's time for us to come up with a, you know, with some type of plan in place where we get to see like an LSU Texas matchup with more of these other teams, you know. And I'll, I'll say this. When I looked at that te- Texas matchup with LSU, you know, like four months ago, whatever, I was like, eh, it's just kind of Texas is kind of random for LSU. But after everything I went on, you know, for the last two weeks and how much hype and how much trash talk back and forth, I, like you like you said, Charles, I'm excited. I can't wait for next year already, you know. So, um, but, you know, some team, you, you got to go out on a limb sometimes and, and take those risks and play teams like te- Texas. But, look, it, it's it's drummed up kind of a, a rival, you know, of sorts. So, yeah, you know, I, it, it's time for some of these programs to pay play some of these other teams, these larger teams. Yeah, well, LSU's got some home-and-homes that they've been scheduling. I know they have the UCLA. I think they have yep. Oklahoma scheduled and a Clemson scheduled down the road as well. Mm-hmm. So I think LSU's doing their part. I'm not sure who it was. It might have been the ACC 
after next year, they can't play uh, FCS schools anymore. So I, I'm excited about that because, you know, you want Division One schools playing Division One schools. I, I think that, you know, player safety comes into effect. Yes. I think fair play comes into effect. Um, yes, one of these teams may get upset. Look, Tennessee's losing to everybody right now. So, you know, this may be right. a program's opportunity, but it's not good for the college sport, and it's not what we want. Uh, so I'm glad I'm glad we're on agreement there. But, Josh, going back to this Northwestern State game, I know we kind of talked about it earlier, but what are you watching for in this game? Look, one thing before I cover Northwestern State, I just like how you, it rolled off your tongue real easy that Tennessee's losing to everybody and you just kept on moving. I like that. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yep. Um, look, in this Northwestern game, I'm going to be keeping an eye on, obviously, you know, the offense. Uh, maybe we'll see a few wrinkles. I had a couple sources, Charles, close. They keep an eye out. Um, you might see LSU try some of that Saints wrinkle as far as, far as the uh, Taysom Hill look, you know, some of the direct snap. And you might see a few little wrinkles in this game where they kind of practicing it, trying it, you know, something maybe they can use down the road against a Bama, you know, or a larger team. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, also, I just – a John Emery, a – Ty Davis, I want to see. I want to see these guys get some carries. I want to see how they perform. You know, um, with you know, in Death Valley with the lights on, and maybe these guys get you know fifteen you know carries a piece, so we can really get a good look at what LSU's got there. Um, I expect the wide receiving core. I, I want to see those guys continue to e- evolve. Uh, and h- how about we throw the ball to the tight end position a little more. You know, Moss came on with a nice catch last game. Uh, you know, maybe we can see him throw, throw the ball there a little, little more. Uh, so, you know, I, there'll be a lot of things I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on. And on the, the other side of the ball, Charles, on defense, you mentioned it earlier in the show. I want the guys to cover better. These guys are going to spread the ball out and they're going to throw it around a yard. Obviously, the athletes they're throwing to aren't as lead as Texas. But let's see if our guys can – get back to what we're used to and, uh, you know, really crack down back there in the secondary. Yeah, I'm with you on those running backs. Uh, yeah. I want to see those for the next three week, three ma- uh, three games. I want to see those young guys get a lot of carries. I want to see more yep. Leonard Fournette. I want to see more Chris Curry. Uh, look, let's just sit Clyde down. <laughs> There's no reason to risk him getting injured. I- I'm right. okay with him getting some snaps. I wouldn't be upset seeing a little Peter Parrish either. Um, and as well as some of these younger receivers – you know, Coach O was talking about Devontae Lee at playing that safety position, but, mm-hmm. you know, Lee wants to play receiver, so Coach O wants to give him the opportunity. So let's give him the opportunity in the next three games. And then let's let's see a guy like Trey Palmer as well. You know, we yep. heard a lot about him uh, in the offseason. Let's see him. Let's see a Stephon Sullivan. Let's put things on tape that can give us advantages against Florida. Uh, Josh, I know we talked about this in the post-Texas game, uh, the post-game Texas pod that we did. But, you know, LSU in that first game against Georgia Southern ran that goal line play that was identical to, yeah. uh, you know, a Saints play Saints, that ran yeah. to Michael Thomas. They ran that same play against uh, Texas, uh, same formation, but the play went on the other side of, uh, of, um, uh, of the line. You know, instead of going yeah. on the right side, it went on the left side. And Texas – you could just tell they had no idea what was going on. So, yeah. so I think what LSU was doing, and it's awesome to see that they can do this, uh, especially with a guy like Brady there, it's just new wrinkles, is they're putting things on tape to take advantage of later because you know 
you know, Florida, uh, Auburn, Alabama, A&M, their defensive, uh, you know, their analysts over there, they're watching LSU right now. And every single thing you do can turn it to be an advantage at the end of the day. No, no, Charles, you're, you're, you know, you're 100% right on that. That's why I mentioned, uh, you know, you'll probably see some more wrinkles. And look, it just might be, it just might be a couple snaps, like you're saying. It might be a different formation here, a different formation. But like you, you're saying, you're, you're putting it on, you're putting it on film. And now when Alabama is watching this film or Florida, they're going, okay, guys, you know, here's some concepts. You know, they ran a, you know, they ran this play a couple times against Northwestern State. We got to be prepared for it. It just gives them one more thing to think about. One more thing. Uh, you know, when, when you run this spread RPO offense, you know, the way it's supposed to be run, we've seen how effective it can be, you know, against pretty good talent. So the, I think the more we, we put out there on film, like you're saying, you know, it's going to help us later in, uh, later in the season. So that'd be good. Um, Joe Brady is, to me, I think you might see a little bit more of him. Charles, from some of the sources I've talked to, uh, call a few more plays in some of these smaller games, and I think that's good for Joe. I think he can get more comfortable calling some plays. I know he calls a few right now, but as we get later in the season, when him and Steve need, need to make a crucial call, you know, Joe's called some plays. He's, you know, Steve's called some plays. So, you know, it'll be it just help if I think if Brady gets to call a few more of these plays. Well, LSU gets set to take on Northwestern State Saturday, 6.30 in Tiger Stadium. It'll be on SEC Network as uh, a fan favorite. Jordan Rogers will be calling. Oh, a guy who, uh, you know, kind of called out Burrow and said he didn't believe in him. But now he has apologized and he believes in him. And that's what I'd like to see throughout the media is – the recognition of Burrow, uh, it, it, be excited, Tiger fans, because you've got not only an offense, but a quarterback uh, that can lead this offense. So it's an exciting time in Baton Rouge. Josh, looking at this game, who do you have winning? So, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, we'll take LSU in this. I think Vegas has got the spread. The last I look is like 51. Um, so it's way up there, guys. So it's um, I'm going to take LSU. I expect them to. You might see something like they did the first week against Georgia Southern. I think LSU, you could see them put 55 on the board. I never, you know, I never like seeing schools put up 60 and 70 points. I think, you know, that, but who knows? This offense is, is you know, it's high powered right now. So that might be the case. I got it 50, 55 to 55 to seven is kind of where I'm, what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with you. You know, I, I could see Northwestern State having some success at the end of the game when you get mm-hmm. younger guys in there. Uh, but it's going to be one of those games where you want guys to see playing time, uh, mm-hmm. get their feet wet, especially some of these freshmen, because at the end of the day, it's not going to count against them. So it's going to be a good game for guys to get their opportunities. Uh, and then guys like Joe Burrow to pad stats, because like you said earlier, you need that. You know, it's almost like high school with – uh, playoff positioning, playoff mm-hmm. jockeying, you have to, you know, put up those crazy stats. So uh, it should be a fun time on Saturday. Um, Josh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what else to do on Saturday because besides LSU's game, there's not really any other games to be watching. <laughs> so, you know, I, I may watch that Alabama game with you. It's the opening of Teal season, so I'll be doing that as well. Um, but yeah. do you have anything coming out this week? I heard there will be some big recruits of this game, though. Yeah, there'll be some uh, some pretty pretty big names there. Um, look, in, on the recruiting side of the house, a couple of things that you, if you, you keep up with it is, you know, LSU is looking to finish strong with another, you know, 
defensive linemen, maybe two defensive linemen, a couple of tackles, uh, offensive tackles LSU is still looking at. So, you know, that's that's really where the energy with the recruiting front is going to be. Um, and, you know, we talked about um, Evans there in Texas. I think they would take one more running back if it was the right elite guy. Um, but, you know, if it's not the elite running back, uh, you know, then it's, I think they're, they're going to go shy away from any, any more running backs in this class. So uh, just keep, you know, I'll be, I'll be putting a lot of updates there out on Twitter as far as who's going to be here. And um, uh, yesterday, I think I, I tweeted out a couple guys that said they're headed to Baton Rouge. So just keep an eye on, on the Twitter and I'll, I'll be putting that out there as it comes. Well, y'all make sure y'all follow Josh on Twitter at LSU F ball truth. Check out LSU F ball truth.com for all of his updates, as well as he has some player interviews on there from recruits. Uh, LSU pretty much has their class wrapped up, but uh, the way this offense is going, the way the excitement around this program is, don't be surprised to see them pull in some big names and finish, uh, you know, top two, you know, maybe the number one overall class mm-hmm. if they sit in a top five position right now. But LSU looks to continue to win recruiting battles as their gameplay is aiding them uh, heavily right now, especially on the offensive side. But for Josh Lemoyne, my name is Charles Reese. Y'all have a great week. If you haven't done so yet, check out our LSU postgame as we recapped LSU's victory over Texas. Uh, We did an in-depth analysis, not only on the good, the bad, and things LSU needs to work on. And we kind of looked for, you know, look towards later on in the season. But we broke everything down, so make sure y'all check that out. Uh, And if you don't already, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter where we have all of our content. Uh, It is primetime underscore pod. But once again, for Josh Lemoyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week. And as always, God bless.